Thomas's presents Tackling Traffic with Tom. Good morrow. Tis your reminder to savour the morning with Thomas's breakfast. And while you may not be able to control what occurs on your commute, like your horse and buggy popping a wheel and axle on the way to the schoolhouse, you can control what you put atop your soft but crunchy bagel and the toastiness of your English muffin. So do take the time to savour the morning with Thomas's. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Good Friday morning, a pivotal moment in the nation's capital. Donald Trump arraigned in federal court. The case full speed ahead now. It's August 4th. This is today. Facing the judge, the former president pleads not guilty to charges he conspired to overturn the 2020 election. If you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. Defiant after court, what he can expect now and why the battle over timing of the trial and the height of the presidential campaign will be crucial. Selling secrets to U.S. Navy sailors accused of sharing sensitive military information with China. When a soldier or sailor chooses cash over country, an ultimate act of betrayal. Just ahead, what we're learning about the charges and the tensions ratcheting up now between the superpowers. Alibi revealed what the suspect in the Idaho College murders now claims he was doing on the night of the crime. This morning, reaction from victims' families and what it means for the case. Get your tickets. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot soars to a jaw-dropping one and a quarter billion dollars. A new case of lottery fever sweeping the nation today. Those stories plus the gymnastics world ecstatic and a buzz over the high-profile return of Simone Biles this weekend. Her first competition in two years. Is this the road to Paris 2024? Today, Friday, August 4th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. We got there. It's Friday. So nice to have you along with us. After a busy week, we've got a fun summer weekend ahead. So much to watch out there. You can say that again. How about this? Simone Biles returns to competition. That's the first time since the Tokyo Olympics. The Women's World Cup resumes with the knockout round of 16 and Team USA in action. And of course, Taylor Swift is closing out the first leg of her massively successful Eros Tour in Los Angeles. A lot of girl power going on this weekend. Oh, and she's adding more dates. We'll get to all of that in just a bit. But first, our top story. What is next for Donald Trump in the wake of his arraignment on federal charges yesterday, stemming from his efforts to overturn the 2020 election? The former president pleading not guilty before a judge in the same courthouse where more than 6,000 people have been charged with crimes tied to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. We've got complete coverage this morning. We'll start with NBC's Garrett Haig. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. That whole hearing only took about 27 minutes. The former president speaking several times, giving the judge his full name and his age and his not guilty plea, all under the watchful gaze of the special counsel who's accused him of trying to steal the 2020 election. Former President Donald Trump in federal court, just blocks from the U.S. Capitol, attacked by some of his supporters on January 6th. Mr. Trump pleading not guilty to four felony charges, stemming from what prosecutors say was a criminal scheme to overturn the 2020 election, including conspiracy to defraud the United States. Following his arraignment, the 2024 Republican frontrunner claimed the charges against him are designed to damage his campaign. This is a persecution 
of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. But for the most part, the former president was treated like any other criminal defendant. He was processed and fingerprinted, but no mugshot was taken. Inside the courtroom, Mr. Trump and his attorneys sat just steps away from special counsel Jack Smith. He was released on the condition he not communicate with witnesses about the case unless attorneys are present. The judge also warning Mr. Trump that it would be a crime to influence the jury and to threaten or retaliate against witnesses or any other person who may have information about the case. The judge adding, quote, if you fail to comply with any of the conditions of your release, a warrant may be issued for your arrest. That somewhat unusual warning notable because of Mr. Trump's history of verbally attacking witnesses, prosecutors and judges involved in other criminal and civil proceedings he's faced. Deranged Jack Smith and the DOJ will probably bring another case. Mr. Trump's attorneys say they'll fight against a speedy trial. This is a fast-moving railroad without any concern for justice. Despite his dominance in the 2024 Republican primary, the former president is facing at least three trials in the coming year, including in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. Aide Walt Nauta, his co-defendant in that case, at his side yesterday in Washington, with a possible fourth indictment looming in Georgia this month, where the Fulton County DA is investigating Mr. Trump's alleged attempts to overturn President Biden's 2020 victory in that state. The next hearing in this case will come on August 28th, at which point the judge hopes to set a trial date. Prosecutors say they want to move quickly. Mr. Trump's defense team signaling they'll push for a delay. Savannah. All right, Garrett, thank you very much. Let's bring in our senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, and NBC's chief White House correspondent, Kristen Walker. Good morning to both of you. Laura, let's talk about that very issue that Garrett just raised, which is the timing mm. of the trial. Obviously, the defense lawyers are already saying we need more time. We got to look at this discovery. Come on. We have so much to go through. When do you think realistically this trial date will be set And why is that such an important issue in this case? So this is where it's going to be key to watch the judge. She's going to be the one who's in the driver's seat, and she's already signaling she wants to move fast. Mr. Trump didn't even appear in front of the child child judge, Judge Crutchin, you see on your screen there. He didn't appear before her yesterday, but she's already made it clear to the magistrate she wants to set a trial date at that August 28th hearing. And I think that signals that she's going to move fast. And she could set it even before the one that's set for May. In his other classified documents case, she could jump ahead and actually set it for early next year before that case. Well, what are Donald Trump's legal rights here? Because he has a right to a speedy trial, but he also has a right to look at discovery and not be rushed into it. So how do those two factors play out? Well, this is going to be sort of up to her discretion. There's no firm timeline on when exactly uh, she has to set the trial. But I could see her sort of split the baby and say, you don't get to just be able to, you know, prolong it forever, but she might not give the government 70 days. I think that would be pushing it. Another issue is that of witnesses. The usual admonitions at the arraignment, don't talk to witnesses. You can't try to influence jurors. I mean, we hear that typically at arraignments, something like that. How fascinating, though, because Donald Trump came yesterday with two potential witnesses traveling with him. Jason Miller, his senior advisor, who's mentioned not by name, but whose conduct is in the indictment. And another traveling aide who some people feel may be in the indictment as well. And he's now under an order not to talk to those witnesses about the case at 
all. And the reason for that is that so that you can't be accused of colluding on the testimony. And he was told, if you break that order, you can be subject to arrest. So it's quite serious. And obviously, he's traveling with Walt Nada, a co-defendant, in his other case. And so they're all inextricably linked. Yeah, that's who was holding the umbrella yes. yesterday, a co-defendant a in reminder. the Mar-a-Lago yeah. case. Yes. So let's talk about the politics mm-hmm. of this. And I mean, Donald Trump, in the latest polls I've seen, I mean, is crushing the competition. It's not even close. So how does this play? He's crushing the competition, Savannah. And there's a new poll out today it, from Iowa, New York Times, Siena poll, which shows that he's up 44 to 20 percent over Ron DeSantis, his closest GOP rival. Look, we are seeing with each new indictment, he's only solidifying his lead. What are we watching for? The tone of these candidates. You have candidates like Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, Will Hurd taking the gloves off. But really, they're the only ones. Former Vice President Mike Pence started to sharpen his tone this week, but he's barely registering in the polls right now. He doesn't qualify for the debate, which is less than three weeks away, by the way. Nikki Haley yesterday said, I don't want to be talking about this. I want to be focused on the issues. Why is that significant? Think about how we usually cover primary races. Every nuance, every misstep on the campaign trail becomes an issue. Not here. They are literally ignoring the elephant in the room. I spoke to a top GOP lawmaker who said, who doesn't want to see Trump as the nominee, who said, we need to see one of two things. These candidates either need to start dropping out or speaking from the same chorus book and condemning or at least making the argument to voters that someone with this many indictments has too much baggage to govern. Meanwhile, there's this political calendar. In 19 days is the first debate. I might add the former president, Donald Trump, says it, right now it doesn't look like he's going to come. And why should he? If you're, if, I mean, as a political right. analysis, why would you go when you're crushing your competition? Strategically speaking, it doesn't make much sense. I spoke to an aide close to him who reiterated that, Savannah, saying, no, he still does not plan to attend. Look at this calendar. You see the ways in which those court dates dovetail with key dates on the campaign trail. What does that do? That keeps the spotlight on Donald Trump. It makes it that much harder for his Republican rivals to break through. And that's exactly what we're trying. They're trying to do right now. This goes back to the point that Laura is making, which is that his legal team is signaling they want to run out the clock. They want this to last as long as possible. Notably, there is a new poll that shows about 45 percent of Republican voters would not support him if he were convicted. But will that happen before they get a chance to go to the polls? That remains a big question. And the bottom line on this issue of timing because it is critical here. It's up to the judge. Totally. Up to the yep. Trump-appointed judge in Florida for timing, up to the Obama-appointed judge in Washington for timing, and then, of course, we have a New York case going as well. Both random assignments. Random assignments. Yes. They spin the wheel, and, and that's how you get yep. your judge. And inside Trump world, Savannah, there is a sense that if the president can make it to the general election, to Election Day, and win, that all of this will potentially fade away. Okay. Laura and Kristen, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's move now to a pair of stunning arrests. Two U.S. Navy sailors in custody this morning accused of selling sensitive military information to China. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us with details. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. This is the naval base where one of the accused spies served before he was arrested. He faces up to 20 years in prison. That second sailor faces up to life in prison. Authorities say as of right now, there's no indication they were working together. This morning, two American sailors charged with passing sensitive intelligence to China in exchange for money. The Department of Justice and FBI announcing their arrests. When a soldier or sailor chooses cash over country, 
and hands over national defense information in an ultimate act of betrayal, we have to be ready to act. 22-year-old Jin Xiao Wei, a naturalized U.S. citizen, was a sailor on the amphibious assault ship, the USS Essex. Wei sent national defense information to China, including documents, photos, videos, and technical manuals. In exchange, his intelligence officer paid Wei thousands of dollars. Wei has been charged under the Espionage Act, which carries a life sentence, his attorney entering a not guilty plea on his behalf. Also arrested in a separate case of espionage, 26-year-old Wenhang Zhao, the petty officer working at a naval base in Ventura County, California, pleading not guilty in federal court. Officials say Zhao gave non-public intel to a Chinese intelligence officer for almost two years, passing along operational plans for military exercises, photographs, and blueprints of a radar system on a U.S. military base in Okinawa, Japan, and details about the Navy's operations at his home base and on San Clemente Island. In exchange, they allege a Chinese operative paid Zhao about 15 Mr. Zhao chose a path of corruption. Officials say the charges were part of a broader strategy by the U.S. to counter China's criminal efforts to steal its sensitive information. The scheme alleged here is just one more example of the People Republic of China's ongoing and brazen campaign to target U.S. officials with access to sensitive military secrets. Both sailors who remain in custody are expected in court in the next few weeks. Their trials in federal court are expected to start shortly after that. We did reach out to the Chinese government. The embassy says these are, quote, groundless slander. All right, Miguel Almaguer, Forrest there in California. Miguel, thank you. A frightening image released by the NTSB this morning is a close call between a private Learjet and a JetBlue flight in Boston. It happened back in February. The smaller plane, the NTSB says, took off without permission at Logan International Airport. And here is a screen capture from the cockpit of the JetBlue plane. It shows the moment the Learjet was taking off, crossing right in front of the JetBlue flight, which was preparing to land. The JetBlue pilots say they were about 30 feet off the ground at that moment. The captain said he could not estimate how close they were to the smaller plane, but they were able to pull up, circle around, and land safely. The captain of the smaller jet blamed a cold and stuffy nose for miscommunications to his pilot, his co-pilot, who was operating the plane. Turning now to a new development in the Idaho College murders case. Attorneys for the man accused of killing four students last November revealing their client's alibi. However, it's raising more questions about his exact whereabouts on the night of the crimes. NBC's Gotti Schwartz joins us with more. Hey, Gotti. Hey, good morning, Hoda. Yeah, Brian Koberger's team filed that alibi Thursday evening, responding to a request by the prosecution. Now, the defense is claiming their client was driving by himself at the time of the murder, but say more details will come out during trial. This morning, Brian Koberger's alleged alibi revealed for the first time. Koberger's attorneys say he was on a long drive alone the night four University of Idaho students were murdered in November. 
In a new four-page court filing, the defense says Mr. Koberger has long had a habit of going for drives alone. Often he would go for drives at night. He did so late on November 12th and into November 13th, 2022. But beyond that, the defense didn't reveal much more in the alibi, adding, Mr. Koberger is not claiming to be at a specific location at a specific time. There is not a specific witness to say precisely where Mr. Koberger was at each moment around the time the murders took place. They wanted to comply with the rules, not be precluded from an alibi defense, but give the state as little as they possibly could so they don't have to reveal their hand. However, the defense did say it's possible corroborating evidence of the alibi could be provided by witness testimony during the trial that's scheduled to begin in October. Koberger is charged with four counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin. An Idaho judge entering a not guilty plea on Koberger's behalf. At the center of the case, a white Hyundai Elantra. A month before the murders, Koberger was pulled over by police seen here driving alone in a white Hyundai Elantra. He ran the red light. Following the killings, investigators focusing on a similar car seen near the crime scene the morning of the murders. If he was driving around in a white automobile, that's part alibi, part not an alibi, because the state is saying that he was driving around in a white automobile. Now, the next time we're going to see Koberger in court will be August 18th. That's what his defense team is expected to push to get the judge to dismiss the grand jury indictment. Meanwhile, the family of Kaylee Gonzalez says they look forward to that hearing and they hope the judge will make decisive decisions to keep the case on track for an October trial. Yeah. All right. Gotti Schwartz for us there in L.A. Gotti, thank you. Well, such cares now. Not too late to buy a chance for a billion dollars, but don't wait too long. The Mega Millions drawing is tonight. It's a whopping one and a quarter billion dollars now, that jackpot. Fourth largest prize in the contest's history. The jackpot has been building since it was last won, which was back in April. By the way, even if you don't match all six numbers, second prize isn't the worst. Did you know that seven tickets on Tuesday won a million dollars or more? So come on. You don't even have to win. No, to win. When, okay. when it's so ridiculously big, yeah, like second it. place sounds pretty good, pretty don't good. you think, Al Rowe? 717, oh, hey. Mr. Rowe. Hey, here we go. I mean, well, let's go. you got to be in it to win it. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you're in this kind of weather, you're not winning. And this is Alabama. We had a possible tornado touchdown causing massive damage, a lot of trees down. Fortunately, nobody, no reported injury. So we love that. But we've got some more severe weather to talk about. Flooding and flash flood warnings uh, stretching from New England on into the Mississippi River Valley and back into the plains, especially down through Missouri on into Kentucky. We've got a risk of severe weather today in the northeast and also in the plains. Tomorrow from Sioux Falls to Wichita, we move on into Sunday. Chicago, Fort Wayne, Paducah, Nashville, the chance for showers, thunderstorms, isolated tornadoes and damaging winds and hail. And then Monday, we've got a risk of severe weather from Syracuse, Roanoke, Charleston on into Columbus. Heavy rain today stretching from the plains all the way down into the lower Mississippi River Valley. We've got wet weather in the Pacific Northwest. And again, the heat continues down to the south. Records from Tucson to Jackson to McAllen, but to the north, Cheyenne, Omaha, Chicago, Charlotte, all looking good. And that heat goes right on into the weekend, but nice mild conditions up to the north. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, coming up, guys, two pieces of exciting news. First, Gymnastic superstar Simone Biles, she sets to make her return to competition the first time in two years. Maggie Vespa is right there. Hey, Maggie. 
Hey guys, good morning. Yeah, after that two-year hiatus to focus on her mental health, the GOAT is back, set to hit the competition floor here in suburban Chicago this weekend. What does that mean for Team USA on the road to the Paris Olympics? We'll break it all down. Coming up. Thank you, Maggie. And this one goes out to the Swifties. Taylor Swift adding new dates to her record-setting tour, giving hope to fans who missed out on that first leg, how you can get your chance at tickets. You think the chances are better for the Powerball? <laughs> Toss up. You got to be in it to win yep. it. First, this is today on NBC. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna Book Club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, and yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. Back now, 7.30. What a moment in music history. Here we are 38 years later. Thousands of personal items from Freddie Mercury are going up on the auction block. Handwritten lyrics, clothes, a whole bunch of stuff. Carson's going to have that whole story in Pop Star. We start this half hour with Simone Biles. She's the most decorated gymnast of all time. And she is returning to competition this weekend. Does she have eyes on the Paris Olympics? Well, it'll be the first time we've seen her since she competed in Tokyo. NBC's Maggie Vespa is in the place to be. She's at the Now Arena. That's just outside of Chicago. Maggie, the goat's back. Guys, she is back. She's telling fans she's grateful for their support, and she's excited to get back out on the floor here at the Core Hydration Classic this weekend. This after that two-year mental health hiatus that for a lot of people solidified Simone Biles' trailblazing status as the greatest gymnast of all time. This morning, after years out of the Olympic spotlight, Simone Biles, widely considered the greatest gymnast of all time, is on the comeback trail. The 26-year-old seven-time Olympic medalist and 25-time world championship medalist set to compete at this weekend's U.S. Classic outside Chicago. Biles posting she's overwhelmed by her fans' support, adding excited to get back out on the competition floor. This after a headline-making hiatus starting with a sudden exit from 2021's Tokyo Olympic Games. Biles blaming a bout of the twisties, a mental phenomenon that destroys gymnasts' ability to judge where they are in the air. It's about getting lost in the air and hurting yourself, and I think people didn't understand that yeah, either. Yeah, because it's that. not something they could physically touch or see. It's inside of my head. Biles later withdrawing from all competitions to focus on her mental health, writing at the time she felt like she had the weight of the world on her shoulders. While she's been away from the mat, Biles capped two years of personal milestones, including last year receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom and in April marrying NFL star Jonathan Owens, all while leading a chorus of athletes championing mental health 
health. This weekend, Biles will be back together with teammates like Suni Lee and Jordan Childs, and the All-Star USA gymnastics team is already looking ahead to next year's Paris Olympics. Childs talking to Savannah in Paris earlier this summer. Honestly, it's an amazing thing just being able to be here and just feel the environment and everything like that. I'm beyond excited. Excitement building as Team USA fans look forward to a big comeback this weekend. So awesome. We can't wait to see her. And by the way, for those wondering at home, Biles is set to compete in all four events, floor, vault, uneven bars and beam. And it's also worth noting that the Core Hydration Classic is a qualifying event for nationals, which is one of the events, as you guys know, that they use to select Team USA. So it does appear she is on the road potentially to the Paris Olympics. Exciting stuff, guys. No okay. kidding. All right, Maggie, thanks. So after a few years away from the spotlight, what can we expect from Simone? Let's bring in Samantha. She's a silver medalist for Team USA at the 2008 Olympics. She's now a gymnastics analyst for NBC Sports. Samantha, we are buzzing about this to see Simone back and doing her thing. I mean, do you think that this is part of the road to 2024 in Paris? Definitely. This has been in the back of her mind, I'm guessing, for a long time. She wants to come out here, get comfortable, get confident in her competition, do some possibly new skills that we are all excited for to be on the road to Paris. Well, Samantha, I mean, you know this this Mm -hmm. twisties. I mean, this is something that's really serious, Mm -hmm. really dangerous. How do you overcome that? And Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I feel like you'd have anxiety just worried that it's going to yeah. come back at any moment. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you deal with something like that as a gymnast? You know, it's different for everybody. I experienced it a little bit uh, younger in my career, but mm. it's scary. Exactly what she's reported in the media. You get lost when you're doing that many flips, that many twists. Sometimes you just don't really know where you're at. So taking a deep breath, going to therapy, doing visualization, and essentially taking a few steps back, which for Simone has meant a couple of years. So Everybody is so excited to see her back on the competition floor. Well, it's been fun to watch Simone in between the competition. She's had a, she has a really great life. She got married, beautiful pictures, all those things. But she hasn't been in that training mode like she is usually when she's training for the Olympics. So I, I don't want people to think, oh, the bar is so high. She should be as good as she was, you know, at the peak. She's still working her way back, right? She is, but the reports say at the training camp that she won the competition and she's back like she never left. And so she's incorporated new upgrades, new skills. And so, you know, everyone is excited to see her compete, but specifically inside the gymnastics world, everyone is just really impressed with how seriously she's taking this comeback. The compete's the word because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of phenomenal up and coming gymnasts. Mm -hmm. We met some of them in Paris a a month ago. Jordan Childs is trying Mm -hmm. to come back as well. So what is the competition if her Mm -hmm. big goal is to come back to that Olympic team? Well, the field is tough. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's Simone Biles. But just to put it in perspective, there have been more than 50 World and Olympic medals won by athletes on this roster that are going to be competing. Simone's won more than half of those. But it's going to be exciting on all four events to see superstars from the past four years. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Samantha, thank you. We're excited. Yes. We want to see Simone out there. We cannot wait to see how she does uh, over the weekend. We can so you can check out that the return of Simone Biles. Also, Suni Lee. Suni Lee. Yeah. I know she's had some health issues, but mm-hmm. she's hoping to compete as well. We love her. Of course, remember her from Tokyo. What a mm-hmm. what a standout then. Live coverage starts at eight o'clock Eastern on CNBC and Peacock. That is a fun thing to do Saturday night, especially with your kids. If yeah. You, my kids love if the, the kids around. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we are Mark. National Coast Guard Day. They're always ready to save a life. But what goes on into those often daring search and rescue missions? Al's got an exclusive firsthand look. But first, we've got Emily Aketa <laughs> right here with a huge <laughs> smile on her face because Taylor Swift <laughs> just announced new concert stops. Let's go. Hey there, guys. You can bet I'm going to be wearing this smile over the next week as I continue to cover Taylor. Turns out Los Angeles, Los Angeles is not the end of an era for Taylor Swift tour dates. The megastar announcing 15 more tour dates in North America for next year. Coming up, what Taylor Swift means for the fans, but also local economies. Stay with us. Everyone's Taylor Swift fans. This is all this. Taylor's in Los Angeles right now, wrapping up the first leg of her sec- her record-setting Eras tour. But have no fear; she's adding new dates in the U.S. and also Canada now. Mm-hmm. Well, when we think of Taylor Swift, we can't get the image of Emily Akeda dancing <laughs> oh at the Taylor Swift concert out of our mind. So we thought you were the perfect yes. person to bring us this happy news. Yeah. So let me tell you this: long live the Eras tour, <laughs> and for that matter, this assignment. After much anticipation, Taylor Swift had added 15 more shows to her already packed calendar. As for the L.A. show, some lawmakers there have joined cause for her to postpone in solidarity with striking workers at nearby hotels. But her tour, predicted to be the most successful of all time, on track to earn more than a billion dollars as Swift Mania continues sweeping the world. This morning, the summer of Swift blazes on as she takes the stage in Los Angeles, which was supposed to be the final U.S. city to host the pop sensation on her run of sold out shows. But in the words of the 12-time Grammy winner, turns out it's not the end of an era. Taylor Swift announced she'll be returning to the U.S. next fall, hitting Miami, New Orleans, and Indianapolis after the Eras Tour's international jaunt. So we've gone on our phones and registered for we the tickets. Yeah, we, we woke, woke her up. Yeah, we woke her up. It was a very, like, drop everything now moment. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> At SoFi Stadium in L.A., a sweet moment when Taylor gave her 22 hat to Bianca Bryant, daughter of the late Kobe Bryant. Her mother, Vanessa Bryant, sharing pictures from the evening. Swift Stadium concerts draw hundreds of thousands of people, as we've personally witnessed across the country. Some waiting in line for hours for merch, others merely hoping to be in the vicinity of the superstar in what's been dubbed Taylor Gating. The influx of tourists serving as a welcome jolt for battered economies. In Cincinnati, spending related to Swift's tour hit an estimated $48 million, and her concerts helped set a new record for a hotel occupancy in Chicago. The star's magnetism even capturing the Federal Reserve's attention, writing, May was the strongest month for hotel revenue in Philadelphia since the onset of the pandemic, citing Swift's tour. It's that boost that has leaders worldwide requesting their own era's tour dates. Pleased to the pop star ranging from Chile's president to Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who tweeted last month, don't make it another cruel summer. We hope to see you soon. I am literally sobbing my eyes out. Swift's latest batch of new dates now include Toronto. Swift mania is showing no signs of slowing down. 
I'm disappointed we didn't see your dance. <laughs> Not enough of it. No, okay, okay. Maybe Thank it's just you. Little, yes, yeah, I it's agree. A tiny clip. <laughs> All right, so what else? She's also, so she's doing these new USAs, but she still has this European tour, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that Taylor Swift, she is the queen of hidden messages. And now fans are speculating a new thing coming up in the next couple of days. Maybe she's going to be dropping the re-release, the re-recording of her 1989 album after a tweet from SoFi Stadium. And you know how people are always looking for those Easter eggs? Look at that. It says 1989. But in that tiny font, fans are noticing Taylor's version. And, you know, coming up, 8-9. August 9th, all from 89. That all from that picture. Wow. Yes. wow. So many Are we going to get it? Okay. I this think is you're like reading the tea leaves Taylorology down. that we're <laughs> yes. into And here. you guys know, of course, I will be going to Los Angeles to continue our very important <laughs> yes, Of course thank you, you will. I just need a ticket. So, <laughs> right. fans out there, you're a giver. I'm here for okay. it. Okay. Thank you, Emily. The big news here is Canada. Thank you for your sacrifice. Yes, yeah. uh, Taylor fans in Canada have been dying for a show. Dying. Now Toronto's going to get these six shows. That's pretty cool. That's huge news for our friends to the Great White North. Yes, and he literally rolled out the red yes. carpet. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Big news. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Alice. Alice. Hey, Al. We got, Al. Hey, guess what season it is. Time for the state fairs to get started. Love state fairs. And who do we have this weekend? Well, the state fair from Montana, Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio, New Jersey, and Maine. Let's start in Montana. Great Falls, Montana. Saturday, Sunday, we got off and on showers, thunderstorms, temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. Now, we're going to move to uh, into Wisconsin Saturday and Sunday. Not looking bad Saturday, a little rougher on Sunday. Indianapolis, same thing with temperatures mid-80s to near 90. Columbus, Ohio, nice on Saturday, but a chance of showers on Sunday. And then we move to New Jersey, Augusta, New Jersey. Beautiful weather, mid-80s, perfect. And Bangor, Maine, Saturday and Sunday, some showers possible on Saturday. Looking good on Sunday. For today, we do have severe storms moving into the northeast. Showers and storms down through the Gulf. More record highs down through Texas. Sunny through southern California. California. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thanks. Guys, coming up, two iconic movies that are set to get the musical treatment, and our buddy Lynn manuel Miranda is behind one of them. So we'll have all those details coming up for you on Popstar. Okay, and then watch this. We are It's a puppy party <laughs> in our <laughs> room. Look, I've never seen all of our producers look so relaxed so and calm. sweet. Happy. Guys, it's the Clear the Shelters oh. campaign. We'll tell you how you can adopt. Oh. 